Well, hey friends, I'm really glad you're back for yet another week of Why Am I Here? And I hope you've been blessed and finding some great help and comfort in the new year as we start off trying to answer that question, why are we here? Hey, will you join me in prayer as we begin our time together? Holy and gracious God, what a gift a new year is. What a blessing it is to be a part of your kingdom building opportunities. And what a great opportunity it is for us to try to explore why am I here and what do I need to be doing and how do I need to serve others and how do I share God's love? So God, I pray that you would bless our time and that we would be a blessing for you and that we would certainly help bless other people in all that we do and say. For all of that, God, we give you thanks and pray your richest of blessings upon us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I really am so grateful that you've been with us uh, for these last several weeks trying to address this question, why am I here? Because we ask it a lot, sometimes internally and certainly sometimes externally, but it's definitely a question we need to be asking and trying to answer with our lives. And thankfully, both scripture and our faith helps us identify responses to that. Well, real quick, just by way of reminder, we started a couple of weeks ago literally addressing, so why am I here? And we realized that the whole reason we're here is to love God and to love others. No matter what we may do and how we may do it, that's always at the foundation of why we exist, to love God and to love other people. And then Pastor Doug did a great job last week of helping us identify that for all followers of Jesus, that our purpose is to give our lives over to God, whatever we do professionally or vocationally, whatever we do in our relationships, however we interface with other people, we're called to offer ourselves, our everyday lives to God. And that helps us claim that gift for who we are. Well, today I wanna, I wanna go now deeper. So we've addressed sort of the general nature of why we're here and what our purpose is. Now I wanna help us better identify, so what is it that I do specifically in my own uniqueness to help do what it is we're called to do? Because the reality is while we're all here to love God and others and while we all need to make it a part of our everyday lives, we're all gonna do that differently, right? We're all gonna be distinctive in how that happens. And so I wanna talk a little bit more about that. And a part of the way I read scripture and understand Jesus's call to us to love God and to love uh, others is that the most primal way we can do that is to serve people. That is after all what Jesus called us to do. And I hope you would agree with me that one of the best ways that uh, we love people is by helping them, encouraging them, serving them, sharing life with them. In fact, Jesus himself in Mark's gospel would literally just say, for even the Son of Man has come not to be served, but to serve others. And I think in part Jesus means by that. So if we follow him, if he is our uh, leader, we need to serve other people. And that the most general and, and even specific way that we can serve others is the ways in which we use the gifts that God has offered to us. Because uh, let's be honest, this faith of Jesus is not just kind of a, a, a wondering kind of faith, a, faith a, a kind of musing, golly, what should I do? How should I do it? But rather, this is a faith of doing. We cannot simply just know scripture or just understand what it is we're supposed to do. We have to actually do it, right? In fact, James would say it so well in his letter, he would just say, you must be doers of the word and not only hearers who mislead themselves. Uh, I don't know that you've thought in this way about misleading yourself, but man, if we're not doing faith, if we're not literally living this call out, 
then we're not really following Jesus. And so part of our goal in this new year in discovering this purpose and why we're here is to start doing more clearly what it is Christ has called us to do. And a part of what we believe as we read scripture is that God has given us specific gifts, specific capabilities, specific um, talents that can help drive how we do that. And I love the way First uh, Peter wrote it uh, in his fourth chapter. He just said, now let's serve each other according to the gift that each person has received to be good managers of God's diverse gifts. That's what I want to be as a good manager or steward of God's gifts in my life, to help teach as God has provided for me, to help lead as God has provided for me. And each one of us has a specific way we can do that. And the good news is uh, the Apostle Paul in some of his letters gives us some very clear ideas of what this looks like. Join me, if you will, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where uh, probably Paul's most well-known understanding of talking about spiritual gifts and the ways in which God equips us to serve others, to share God's love with others, to help love God with our whole heart, soul, and mind. Beginning in verse 4, Paul puts it this way. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophesy. To another, uh, the discernment of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. Man, Paul just lays it out there. He's very clear about this, right? And there are a couple of things that I take note of that I hope will be helpful to you. One is whatever these gifts are, whatever this stuff is that Paul is addressing, he says it's for the common good. In other words, it's not just for me, whatever these skills and talents and gifts are. It's not just for my use. It's for me to use in order for the common good to be met. In other words, it's for sharing. It's for helping other people. It's for building up God's kingdom. It's for doing God's work. This is the rich blessing of what spiritual gifts are and the things that help make the gifts of the Spirit so powerful is that they come to us individually, but then we're to use them to do God's good work in the world for the common good. And then did you catch at the very beginning, Paul talks about their various gifts and their various services and their various activities, but they're all a part of God's good plan and they're all coming from the same spirit. And a part of what I've gleaned over the years is um, there's more than just spiritual gifts that are at work here, right? He talks about services and activities. And for us here at Treach, we've begun to sort of identify that those are not only spiritual gifts, but they're also passions, that's services, and that there's also ministry style. And that's um, what he refers to by activities. That is to say, how we interface with other people. So let's talk a little bit about what these things are that Paul's addressing. And we'll start with spiritual gifts because that's where Paul starts and that's where Paul lays out uh, a lot of what he wants to say to us. And these spiritual gifts are tremendously important for us. 
here are a few things that I want to use to describe for you uh, so that we can just better understand them because we want to use them. We want to first discover them. Hey, what are my gifts? What are my passions? What is my ministry style? And then we want to do something with them to serve God so that we can love God and love others. So the first way we describe spiritual gifts is they're literally our job description. So whatever your spiritual gift is, whether it's teaching or leadership or administration or mercy or uh, shepherding, whatever your spiritual gift is, that's your job description. It's, it's what you're going to do, right? And that makes life easy, doesn't it? I, I learn my giftedness. I understand what it is. And then I just go at it because that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And then the other thing we say is they help us uh, serve competently, right? Because if I've got the gift of teaching or the gift of leadership or the gift of mercy, it is what I already know. It is what I have the capacity to do. So it helps me to serve more competently. A more simple way to say this, uh, friends, is literally to just say spiritual gifts are what we do when we serve, right? If, we, if we've got the gift of teaching, then what we're going to do is teach. If we have the gift of leadership, then what we're going to do is lead. If we have the gift of discernment, then what we're going to do is discern about life, right? And so learn those gifts. Discover what they are. Help yourself to do what it is God wants you to do by discovering those. And we're going to talk more about that uh, later in the message. Ultimately, spiritual gifts have two purposes. And what I love about these purposes is they're right in line with what God is asking us to do, why we're here, what our purpose is. So the two purposes of spiritual gifts are simply to honor God and to bless others. And man, doesn't that sound a lot like the great commandment, love God, love others? That's what we're going to do. We're going to bless uh, other people and we're going to honor God with the ways in which we teach or lead or discern or offer mercy. We're going to do that because God's equipping us to do that. God's preparing us to do that. Now, spiritual gifts are one thing. Those are the gifts that Paul's talking about that come from the one and same spirit. He also talks about services, right? He, he talks about, golly, there, there are many ways that we can do this. And so we here at Treach talk about that as passions. What is my passion? And I know you've got one. I know I have one. Uh, simply put, passions are what gets you up in the morning. What, what is that fire in your belly that says to you on a regular basis, I need to make a difference about that. I need to help people with that, or I need to make this happen. And every last one of us has a passion. Unfortunately, some of us have let our passions get covered by a bunch of stuff. Or sometimes we're not clear about what our passion is because we might have a lot of fires in our belly and that's all right. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what I do want to encourage you to do is discover what your passion is. Because here's the good news, friends. Our passion gives us purpose to serve. If I know my passion, if I recognize what is that burning thing in my belly, what is that thing I need to make a difference about? Man, if I know that, it gives me purpose and I have a better way to move forward. In fact, what it does is it helps us to understand our cause. Did you know you had a cause? You may not have thought about it that way. You may not have sort of imagined that you are a person with a cause, but you are. And every last one of us has that passion. And for every last one of us, the passion is different. But all of us have something that gets our blood flowing and makes us want to do something in the world. And we need to make sure that we're doing that. Now, 
part of what I think can be helpful is to kind of distinguish, gosh, there's, there's kind of two primary forms of passion. And a part of what we recognize in that is, uh, first, let me just say this. Passion not only is kind of what gives us purpose, but passion is also where we're going to serve. Um, remember, spiritual gifts are what we do when we serve. Passion is where we serve. So it sort of, sort of, sort of aligns for us where it is we're going to do what it is God is preparing us to do. But I want you to think about two forms of passion. One is people passion and the other might be issue passions. So people passions is just, man, I've got a, I've got a drive and a passion to help children or youth or maybe uh, single moms or maybe uh, folks who are homeless or uh, I want to help people who are coming out of grief. People passion, right? I, there's, a, just, there's just people groups that I have a des deep desire to help out or to make a difference with. But then there are also what I just refer to as issue passions, like um, hunger or violence or the water crisis or human trafficking. Wh whatever that issue may be, you have a passion for it. You want to make a difference for it, right? And so I want to encourage you to align your giftedness with the passion that God is calling you to serve in. That's what Paul means by services. Now, we're not done yet because not only do I need to know what I'm going to do with spiritual gifts and where I'm going to do it with my passion, but I also want you to think about those activities that Paul addresses there in verse 6. Activities really means, in another translation, it just says, God has many ways for us to serve. And I think that's so true. I mean, haven't you ever noticed that people are different? <laughs> and so we call this ministry style. And ministry style simply means when all is said and done, uh, it's about relationship. But it's not just relationship with people. Relationship in this sense is very broad. Uh, relationship here means, you remember that old definition of a noun, a person, a place, or a thing? This is about relationship with any of those things, any people, any places, any things. Uh, we all have relationships, right? And we have different ways of connecting to people, places, and things. And so our ministry style kind of addresses um, that very issue. And the goodness of a ministry style is that it helps us to serve with confidence. When I know my ministry style, it helps me to not only feel equipped, but it helps me to be more confident in the way in which I'm gonna do it. Because here's the reality. Spiritual gifts are what I do, passion is where I'm gonna do it, and ministry style determines how we serve, how it is we relate to people, places, and things, how it is we go about doing the very things that we do. And so here's how I want to encourage you to think about ministry style, because there's really just two primal things that help us understand those relationships. One is, are we oriented more towards people or tasks? And man, we all kind of know this, right? I mean, do I get energized by people and relationships and connections with folks, or do I get energized by accomplishing things and getting stuff done and making tasks happen? There's nothing right or wrong with either one of those. Both are very needful, both are very necessary, but, determine, but, but each one helps determine how I'm going to interface with my giftedness, right? Another way you might think about this is extroversion, people. I'm people-oriented, I get energy. That's an extrovert. Those are great folks. Introverted folks find energy and, and, and accomplishment in getting stuff done. And we know people who, are, who, who go in both directions, right? 
We know in our own lives, I really like it this way or I really relate to a task this way. Whatever it is for you, just identify that. Now, the second is also helpful. The second way we understand ministry style is do we desire structure or do we desire freedom? And again, you know innately how you are. People who like structure want to know, here are all the rules. Here's all the things I need to do. Here's the start and the finish time. Here's the way in which it needs to take shape. If you, if you like structure, you're the guy or the woman who reads the instructions before you start something, right? Because that's structure. If on the other hand, you like freedom, it just means you just, you just need to know what you're going to do and then you just go do it. You don't need any guidance. You don't need any structure. You don't need a beginning and end time. You just go get it done. I happen to lean a little bit more that way. You might be more intuitive if you lean that way. There's nothing wrong with either. We need both kinds of folks, right? We need folks who make sure that the instructions are actually followed, right? Because sometimes that's absolutely critical. But at other times, we also need folks who are creative and, and free about the ways in which they get things done. So when you discover how you relate to either people or tasks, and whether or not you need structure or freedom, you then understand your ministry style. And when you combine that with your spiritual gifts and your passion, you are ready to go, friends. Because here's our reality. Every last one of us, you, me, everybody who's sitting in the room with you right now, we're all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did you know that? You are a minister. You don't need to go to seminary. You don't have to be employed by the church. You don't need to have some kind of formal training to be a minister of the gospel. When you claim faith in Jesus, when you got baptized, whether as a baby or as a child or as, a, as an adult, when you committed to follow Jesus, you became a minister of the gospel. And you are now ready with gifts and passion and ministry style to serve the world, to honor God, to help make God's kingdom come. Man, how cool is that? You know, the only thing that's required is availability. God is not interested so much in your ability as your availability. And friends, you've got it. I know you're just waiting to figure this out, right? And so now that you know you need to be loving God and loving others and that everything you do ought to be committed to God, now you know the specific way that you can get that done. And so you're probably asking yourself, well, Daniel, how... <laughs> How, does, how do I know my spiritual gift? How do I discover my passion? Well, I've got an answer for you, friends. Go to the URL that's there on the screen for you, tmumc.org slash gifted. And there you will find what we refer to as the gifted to serve discovery. Take you about 30 minutes, roughly. You answer a series of questions and it gives you automatic feedback that helps you better understand your giftedness, your passion, and your ministry style. And then, man, you're good to go. Now, if you want to know more, if you'd like to have a little bit more insight, because maybe you're a little more structured or maybe you want to know just this stuff better, I want to encourage you to go to the Next Steps class called Gifted to Serve. It's going to be offered February the 6th, so just a couple of weeks. And you can learn more about what all this means, how it all works, how it applies to your life, and to recognize that you can do this, sometimes here at the church, but oftentimes out in the world, in other organizations, perhaps even in your vocation, sometimes in your own home, that your giftedness is not tied to the church. Your passion is not tied to the church. 
The way in which you interface with people is not tied to the church. Friends, the way you are a minister of the gospel happens everywhere. But you need to know what your giftedness is, what your passion is driving, and how you interface with your style. Friends, I want to encourage you to discover and then to deploy the very nature of what God intends for you individually, selectively, so that you can be the one who does just as God has prepared you and equipped you to do. What a magnificent gift that is. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the kingdom. And I'm excited for the way you will know why you're here and what it is you are now going to do about it. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, thank you that you've made us just as we are and that you have equipped us for our ministry, whatever it is. And so God, now that we know our general purpose, help us to discover our specific purpose and help us then take the courage to discover that giftedness so that we can deploy it out in the world and be your ministers, sharing your good news, loving you and loving others. God, thank you that you make this possible and thank you that you give us all that we need to do your good work. God, this is our prayer, and we lift it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, friends, not only are you a minister of the gospel, but you are a generous minister of the gospel. Thank you for the ways in which you make ministry possible here in the life of the church and moving out into the world in so many different ways. Friends, it's your weekly and monthly generosity that helps make the kingdom come. And so I just want to invite you now to make a gift, whether in this moment or tomorrow. And you can do that by, of course, using your phone to scan the QR code that's there on the screen or to text the letters T-M-U-M-C to the number 45777. When you do, you help build God's kingdom and transform the world. What a magnificent gift. Thanks for doing that.